0: This is the Jeff Merrick Show on the Sportsnet Radio Network.
1: Welcome to Hour 2. Here becomes the question. Connor McDavid, Justin Bieber, Tate McRae, Michael Bublé, eh, maybe if you squint hard, Nikita Kucherov. Who came out the biggest star from the NHL All-Star Weekend in Toronto. That is our first question for Elliot Friedman from 32 Thoughts and Hockey Night in Canada. Fridge, who came out as the biggest star of the weekend that was?
0: I would say probably Tate McRae.
1: Hmm. Why do you say that?
0: Well, first of all, like... We should understand the fact that a lot of us old geezers in hockey really didn't know her that way, right? <laughs> like my, my nephews True. and nieces all yeah. know Tate McRae, and they were all very excited that she was part of the weekend. Um, and as we joked on the pod, maybe it's not a good thing for her that all of us old, old geezers now are big fans. It probably destroys <laughs> her credibility in the market. But, uh, you know, a good point. Uh, um, you know, I was talking with Sean McKenzie this morning here, and that uh, he said, like, as a guy who's, like, we're both way too online, right? And Sean's probably way yeah. too online too. But I think it's the different reasons. You know, he's Sean has a really good eye for fashion and influencers and and things like that. Like he he really has a much better understanding of that world than I do. And he just talked about uh, how um, he his. Whole feed all weekend was uh, people like Beaver and Will Arnett and, and Jade McRae and, and, uh, and uh, Michael Bublé and, and influencers sending out cool stuff about all-star weekend. Like, you know, this weekend had to fix two things. Number one was the, was the product itself, which was very important, but also number two was just the aura around it. Cause the aura after last year was was very very negative because of how poorly the skills competition went, and I think for the mm. most part uh, they fixed a lot of that this year.
1: Uh, speaking of skills competition, listen, a, a lot of this All Star stuff we went over on the podcast. I'm not going to drill down on the uh, the exact same things. want to move on to a couple of other different topics. But um, the Nikita Kucherov issue still remains. I don't know if the NHL it does. can do anything. What's that?
0: It still remains. People are still talking about this.
1: I think that when you know, uh, I, I think that every time Kucherov is in Toronto, it's still going to be an issue. And I, th- I think one of the things that we wonder oh, about. Here, oh, by the way, I got an, in, I got, I got an, I got a really interesting text from someone. Who said, uh, why are you grousing about Nikita Kucherov mailing it in at the skills competition? You do realize that players have been mailing in the games for years and you never really grump about that as much as you're grumping about Nikita Kucherov saying, hey, I'm not going to win this, so I'm just going to quit. Um, but is there anything that you think the NHL does, says? Is it within their lane? I don't even know. I mean, he's an all-star. He belongs there. The NHL needs him uh, as as part of their, their all-star festivities. He might win the Hart Trophy this year. Uh, he's having yep. that type of season. Is there anything that you think the NHL says either directly or maybe indirectly, whispers to someone in Tampa, I don't know. The NHL do anything here about this? I mean, it's it's one of their marquee events. It's a big moment. It's a skills competition that's uh, been revamped by another great player in Connor McDavid. And as much as he embraced being the heel, I'm sure there's a lot of people at the NHL head office that weren't
0: exactly amused. Well, I, I did think that was really funny the way that he waved at the crowd. Like, if you're gonna make something good out of a rough situation, that was a, that was a great way to do it. I can't, I can't argue with that. I did laugh pretty hard. I bet you, like, in the future they'll just say to him, "Look, do you want to, like, if you're gonna go, are you, are you gonna go hard or not? And uh, <laughs> if not, I'm sure they'll send like, like a a Braden Point or a Stamkos or somebody like that instead." Uh, or a Vasilevsky. You know, the thing about that, I think that was, you know, it, it was funny, like someone heard us talking about on the podcast this morning about how should it cost them like the hard trophy votes. And, you know, we both said no, but like, you know, the, the and we'll see if anybody disagrees with that. But he said, actually, the, the, the thing that he thinks that really cost Kucherov was that was how much the other players in the league talk him up, right? Like you, you know, for the example, the McKinnon yeah. interview on our pod, uh, McKinnon talked about how he loves watching Coup- uh, Kucherov and is a lot of uh quote-unquote top players in the league, if you said who's the guy that they all like watching, they would all say Kucherov. So, and also, you mm-hmm. know, just before, um, just before uh, Tampa's uh, their All-Star break began, he kind of said that I. Uh, nobody really talks about me for the Hart Trophy. And, you know, I, I did ask him at the media day, does it matter to you? And he says, look, like, Stanley Cup matters more, but nobody's being honest that they don't tell you the Hart Trophy wouldn't mean a lot to them, and he's already won one. And then on the big stage, he goes out and does that. It kind of does take the air out of the balloon for a lot of the momentum from other people talking about yeah. him and things like that. That's what it does.
1: So if, um, if if Tate McRae uh, is your nomination for uh, best celebrity to come out of the weekend or, or biggest personality to come out of the weekend, you know I really yeah. get that it's tough to distinguish yourself at All Star Weekend outside of maybe skills. Um, but did any players really do themselves favors? We know that Kucherov didn't do himself favors, but who did themselves favors this w- this week, either on the ice or off the ice? A, I sh- should probably add as well. Uh, anyone either on or off the ice, as far as NHL players go. I'm here while you finish coughing. Um, any, anyone do themselves favors coming out of this one?
0: Well, I think McDavid uh, because, he, you know, he took the lead, right? So, uh, like, I think a lot of people were really appreciative of the fact that um, he took the lead and he performed as a guy who took the lead, right? Um, he he yeah. went hard and, uh, like, you know, at the end of the night, on the skills night, he could have won. Uh, just by finishing second in the Oslo course, and he wasn't doing any of that. Yeah. He went for first, and by a big moment, I think that really helps. I think Matt Barzell was another guy who did very well for himself. You know, unfortunately, yeah. the final event didn't go his way, but he had a chance to win. He was in second place, and um, and uh, he was. And he was right there, and uh, I thought that really stood out for me. I'll tell you a couple others I, I, that kind of come back to my head. Georgiev uh, from you know Colorado. One of the hardest yep. things that you have to do is you're a goalie, you're sitting there for a few hours, you're not doing anything, and then they pull you out for that breakaway challenge. And Georgiev, yep. he really he really battled McDavid like. You know, he made nine saves, he won the money, he won the 100000 for most saves. He made those cold checks, which I'm sure that you were all giddy about. Uh, I was very... How do like that? There were, there were a lot of people gripping, like, should Georgiev even be one of the all-stars? And he ended up stealing the show for the goalies. And, um, you know, the other guy I would say, too, I would say Beaver. And the reason I would say Beaver is, like, I'm not a huge Beaver guy, Okay. I recognize his talent. Uh, my son loves Beaver, but I've never been like a huge Beaver fan. But I, he left, like for the people I know who are beaver files. he left a great impression this weekend. Um, you know, the fact that he was mm. saying for the first time in two years, that's a big deal. And that's a big deal the NHL had that time on their watch. And then just seeing how happy he was, like, like in a lot of ways, it's like a lot of us, like, Jeff, if you had a chance to take warm-ups with the All-Stars, you would have as big a grin on your face as he would. If you could be a- a- on the bench coaching the All-Stars, yeah. you would have been as excited yeah. as he was. And I think that left a great impression. Yeah. And people said, there's no way I really love that jacket. As I tweeted, but I'm telling you, I really like
1: the jacket. <laughs> I did want to see Montgomery in it though. Did you not? Did you yeah, not want to see him good. like hand it off to Jim Montgomery? That would have been I lo- awesome. I love
0: Montgomery's kid in the suit too. Like he was there to
1: work. I know. It was awesome. I'm going to the office. I'm going to work, Dad. Um, I I think one other, um, again, he's had a a challenging season, let's just say. And I think maybe some people had eyebrows raised that Igor Shusterkin was going to the All Star game. Mm -hmm. But, you know, the one position, the one position in these All-Star games where you have to really work, is goalie. And, you know, the Bobrovsky save on Marner was was gorgeous. Um, But I thought that Igor Shosturkin really did a good bit of business by it for himself, knowing that they're really the only ones that have to put forth a real effort in All-Star, and I thought Shosturkin was excellent. We'll see if that propels him into anything. It's not going to be tonight. Quick's going to start for the Rangers against the Avalanche. But, you know, much like you talked about Georgiev, I'll throw Shosturkin in that mix
0: as well for each. I think that's a great call. I, I completely agree with you on that
1: one. Okay, let me let me throw one. Let me circle back to a name that you just mentioned because I'm with you on Matt Barzal. now, and we've talked about this on our podcast before. I just want to, but given the fact that he just had a wonderful weekend, and here we are talking about him again, and he's going to be on our airwaves tonight as the Islanders face off against the uh, the Toronto Maple Leafs on Rogers Monday Night Hockey. The thing about Matt Barzal is he's one of those players that I look at and always say. The NHL is missing out on something great here. One, he's a super elite player. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's the given here. He's fantastic. Two, um, he's one of the great personalities of the game. Also, yeah. as you always appreciate, he's one of the more stylish players in the league, yeah. period. Like, on so many different levels, Matt Barzell has his game tight. The problem is he plays... On the Islanders, yep. where it is crest first and name bar second. Give me your thoughts on not just the player but the person, Matt Barzal.
0: Well, I really like uh, I really like dealing with him. Uh, he's like uh, he, he's done a couple of interviews on our pod, Jeff, which have been outstanding. Uh, you're right; he has a, a great sense of style. Um, and I'll tell you this, like the other thing too, just, you know, I was at the morning skate here, the obviously the playing tonight, as you mentioned, and those guys, the those teammates really like them. Like, uh, uh, sometimes you, you see that when, when a guy gets a lot of attention or in a team first mentality, it can, it can lead to jealousy and things like that. Like there's none of that there. Like they all yep. really like them. And, yep. uh, they were really, I mean, like they were. They were pretty impressed. Like, they, I'll tell you this. When I, we were talking about how he was second William on the final event, none of those guys were surprised. Like, they all thought he could have won it. And uh, yeah. uh, so, like, they're, yeah. obviously hu- they're obviously huge fans of his. And, uh, and um, they do. And, but, like, the thing is, you're right. Like he, has to, like, he has to understand that there's a certain way that that organization does things. Um, but I'll tell you where it's, his platform is going to grow. Like, I think he's going to be on Team Canada next year at the World Cup, as long as this continues going the way it's going for him. Or, sorry, the, the Four Nations mm-hmm. face-off, I have to get into this habit. Um, but uh, <laughs> I, I, would, I would say that he's going to be a part of it, and, and that's only going to grow his uh, reputation. And, by the way, you know, I should mention other winners, uh, Merrick, the least guys were. You know, they, yeah. they clearly wanted to win it. And Matthews got, you know, he got a huge ovation from the home fans. I know we did an in-arena interview. I don't think we showed it in our air because I don't think it was with Dave or Kevin. But he said something along the lines of, like, uh, doing All-Star Weekend in front of the best fans in the league. And that got a huge ovation. And I'm not surprised so there's no way that Austin would have given such a good answer to Dave or Kevin.
1: <laughs> no, he was doing his Mick Foley hometown pop idea. Like, that's the yeah. best one. There's nothing better than playing in front of these home fans in Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Like, that yeah. is, like, ripped out of the pages of pro wrestling But he delivered uh, it in a very so he...
0: subtle, sly Matthews win. Like, that's the way it works.
1: Yeah. Listen, Elliot, I've always told you the key to life is sincerity. Once you learn how to fake that, you got it made. Um, okay, so All-Star Weekend comes and goes, uh, and now we're back under the NHL schedule. And, you know, we're not jumping off the diving tower. It's only a We're just waiting in. There's a couple of games tonight. It's Colorado and the New York Rangers. Connor McGeey's going to stop by at the bottom of the hour. In the meantime, it's also the Maple Leafs and the New York Islanders. Yeah, looking forward to talking to him. And, um, you know, I just talked to Luke Fox uh, a little bit uh, a couple of seconds ago about the Maple Leafs, whether it's Joseph Wall, whether it is David Kemp and those injury situations. Like, here we are right back at a situation where like, I'm not sure where you're at, but it seems as if, I don't know, I guess it depends on each person, how close anyone is to saying that, okay, Samsonov is back or Samsonov is the starter until Wall comes back? Like, right now, Samsonov has bought some time for Tre living. Martin Jones has bought some time for Tre living. What is your Elliott Friedman snapshot right now on the Maple Leafs goaltending situation?
0: Well, you know, honestly, Jeff, a lot of it, I, I can't believe it. Like, um, you know, I, 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 the last game he played before this good current stretch was the one against Columbus. And that was a Rogers regional game. So I'm working that night with Dave and Justin and Nick and like, you know, like Nick was adamant that night that, you know, the guy couldn't play in Toronto again and he wasn't wrong. Like, I don't know anybody who thought at that point in time that we were going to see Ilya Samsonov again. Like we, I like, you know, I think we all walked out of there saying, Holy smokes. Like, like, what are they going to do? And, um, so, I think that it's but it's kind of been like that all year. Like, Jeff, if you really think about it, this is actually, to me, one of the more amazing things about the fact that Toronto was very much in the race is that at the beginning of the year, it was Samsonov's net, and he started the year poorly, and then it became Wool's net, and then Wool got hurt, yeah. and then Jones kind of stabilized them, and then Jones kind of ran out of steam as, as Samsonov was like the phoenix rising from the ashes. Like, it's really an unbelievable story. And I think it's a it's a mm-hmm. major vote of confidence for Curtis Sanford and Hannu Tolvanen, who you know run the goaltending, that they were able to do this. But I just think it's Samsonov's net right now, and you know we'll see where this goes. They said this morning that Wool was not close, so it's it's his net, it's Samsonov Jones, and it's Samsonov's time. And you know, the one thing this year is is that that she could be able to do what no one has been able to do so far, and that is grab the net for yeah. an extended period of time. You know, Jeff, the other thing too is the Leafs were like out there, like they were like, Is there a goalie we can get for like a fifth or sixth round pick? Like that's what they were trying to do, yeah, like no. just someone. And they no. couldn't do anything because yeah. everybody was like, Oh no, we see your desperation. You think you're getting away with that? Not a chance. <laughs> Or it was someone yeah, they just didn't that's,
1: think uh, was good. Yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what. You know, it is a, it is an interesting situation um, with, with the Maple Leafs here. And I, I still sort of subscribe to the theory that, that you've put forward, which is this might be a season where, you know, Brad Treleving keeps the powder dry. Uh, if you don't feel you have the team to go all the way or close to the way, you know, should you, should you let go of resources, uh, picks, prospects, whatever. Or, you wait and, and run it back next season when you have a little bit more clarity. We'll, we'll see what happens there. Meanwhile, you know, I did want to ask you, like, what's the mood around the ring? Like Patrick Waugh is in Toronto. Um, Toronto's coming off and probably still buzzing from the All-Star weekend and Matthews and Riley and uh, 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 Marner and Nylander, you know, toasts of the town, etc. Uh, and in comes the Patrick Waugh traveling circus because wherever he goes, here come the microphones and the cameras. So what is the mood around the rink today in Toronto?
0: Uh, well, you know what? It was a bit quieter than I thought, uh, Jeff. Because I guess simply because it's post All Star, so nothing can be as loud as that. Yeah. Uh, so it was a bit quieter than I thought. But you know, Why did his scrum, and and he was really good. And I had a chance to ask a couple of the Islanders about him, and you know, it was interesting. Like Brock Nelson said that um, the the one thing like he likes about Why is his passion. But it's not like he talked about it not being like. Military passion, where everything is regimented and um, you're more and you're talked at as opposed to talked with. And he says, Wah's passion is he loves the game and he's like, Brock, I need you to do this. And it's like, and and he's like, all right. And he he likes the way he likes, he talks about Wah's passion mixed in a way with that he delivers it to you a way where you share that passion. He's not talking at you or to you he's talking with you. Mm-hmm. And uh, like the one thing is, is he, he said in this, romance was I love hockey and you can really see it. Like, you know, like, like, you know, Jeff, you and I were in our fifties. Like there are times, you know, I, I know where we're sitting down to the podcast and you're like, Oh my God, this again. And like, I don't think he has too many <laughs> days. No, I <he> know <laughs> yeah, that never happens. And I don't think he has too many days <laughs> like that. I, I, I really don't. I think he's. Yeah. I think he really loves hockey, and he's really passionate about it. And it's it's very clear that uh, he really is proud of this getting this chance. And it was interesting. He talked about how they were building up momentum before All Star. He said maybe our record didn't show it, but I thought we were getting better. And now what you're worried about is okay. Did like how much do you have to reset? And he said, look, I thought we had a good practice yesterday. They had a really good skate this morning. He said the meetings, I thought the guys were attentive. But he admits, he says, you worry, that you lose focus at all with the All-Star break?
1: Uh, tonight, we will uh, get a chance to see Zach Parise in action with the Avalanche. Uh, yep. Again, I'll talk to, to McGahey here coming up at the bottom of the hour. But uh, he'll play on a line with Ryan Johansson and Arturi uh is also on that line. That'll be the second line for the Avalanche. What do you expect yep. out of Zach Parise? I mean, last year, he's a 20-goal scorer. We all know that. Um, you know, didn't re-sign with the New York Islanders. I think we all thought that Lou might be looking to make some cap space and squeeze one of his favorites back in uh, yep. to the mix here. W- what do you expect out of Zach Parisi tonight?
0: Well, I think the bi- the big reason he didn't sign with the Islanders was, you know, the uh, the playoff odds are a challenge. I think if the Islanders were closer to being or more certain to being a playoff team, I think Zach Parisi is there. I-, I I do believe that was the reason as much as anything else. He didn't sign in New York. Um, you know, right. first of all, he's a guy who's kept himself in great shape. Um, he's been skating mm-hmm. a little bit. Like I, I always wonder, this is the thing I always wonder. like you're playing catch up. Okay. And plus everybody who you're playing ca- everybody, you're playing catch up with, they just got a break. So I think sometimes I think you get that burst, cause you're so wired to play your first game and you're so excited. You have that extra burst, but eventually you got to catch up to everybody else. I just wonder if the interesting thing about Parisi tonight is, uh, um, you know, everybody's had a bit of a break. So everybody is a little bit rested. Like I, I think he's going to have high standards for himself. I would, I would expect nothing different. And I think he's going to make an impact, uh, but uh, I just wonder, I always wonder about guys who start a bit late. How long does it take them until they're up to the same speed as everybody else?
1: Okay, let me get your thoughts on the Calgary Flames. Because, you know, whenever there's a trade, you're dying to see the new player in the lineup wearing the new jersey and who they play with and how they perform, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, et cetera. So The Calgary Flames face off against the Boston Bruins. Tomorrow, as we start to you know roll here and, and get more games going, only two tonight. Um, Andre Kuzmenko, we are wondering about, and Yegor Sharangovich gets the uh, gets the nice bump up uh, to the Elias Lindholm spots, as firmly held by. So it'll be Sharangovich in the middle of Kuzmenko and Jonathan Huberto. Your thoughts on this trika, as put together by Ryan Huska?
0: Well, I, I think it's it, it's really interesting. Um, First of all, because like a couple of weeks ago, you could never even imagine this kind of thing. Um, it, yeah. it says it says to me how much, like Sharon Govich, he gets traded for Toffoli, and you're like, okay, it looks interesting. Mm-hmm. What kind of player you got here, and what you're, and I, you know, when, when you have a player who's struggling like Huberto, and you have another player who you're bringing into you who struggled this year, Kuzmenko, you always try to put them with someone who's going to help you get out of it, right? Like, Mm -hmm. what does that say to you about the respect that Sharon Govich has earned inside that organization that he's the guy? 100%.
1: Hundred percent, and you know, I, I think too. I, you know, you, you look at it, and you think, you know, only a couple of years ago, we were talking about, you know, the top line in the NHL with, uh, you know, with Johnny Gaudreau and Matthew Kuchuk and Elias Lindholm, and now, you know, if I had told you a couple of years later, Elliot, that their leading scorers would be Blake Coleman and Yegor Sharangovich, uh, inside of a couple of years, you would have look, looked at me sideways. But here we are. But you're right about mm-hmm. Sharangovich. Like it took a while to find the spot. But right now this looks like a really good trade this looks like a really good trade for the Calgary flames
0: it, it does I mean uh, look like tofol to we'll see where that goes but you know Sharon Govich was an interesting guy. I, I remember when he last year he lost his job like people said to yeah. me this is not a this is not because the player is bad now he's getting beaten out on this team and they think if he's not a top six guy. There's no spot in the lineup for him. But people told me he will find a spot somewhere else that maybe isn't as top-heavy as New Jersey is, and he will show what a good player he is. Yeah. And he has done that, and credit to the kid. By the way, we should also just mention, I don't know if you've seen it because I know you're working, the Calgary Flames sent out a message from uh, Lanny McDonald uh, on their yes. social accounts a few minutes ago just saying that he had a a cardiac event after arriving back at the Calgary airport and had two uh, selfless nurses as um, he called them. um, uh, Basically he said, quote, I owe them my life. So just want to wish all the best to Lanny and just uh, shout out the two nurses who I'm sure will be discovered at some point in time, but it's just another reminder that uh, uh, our nurses and our medical professionals we don't thank them until we absolutely need them.
1: Uh, absolutely. And uh, listen, especially around travel too. I always, I don't know about you, but I always wonder about that every time I step onto a plane or walking through an airport. Um, bravo. Uh, bravo nurses, bravo. Um one thing i and a speedy recovery to lanny one of the great yeah. not just you know players but one of the great people of the game and, and the history of it uh one final touch here on on sharon govich um just listening to you talk about him and how people have talked about him before you know who told me that going back to last spring who's always been his hugest supporter And backer, and anytime you ask him about Sharon Govich, he will talk glowingly and talk about how this guy can be a high end player in the NHL for a long time. Who that? That is Mikhail Grabowski. Mm. Now, their buddy's going way back. They're both Belarusian. Grabo used to always tell me about Sharon Govich. You got to pay attention to Sharon Govich. This guy is outstanding. Um, you know, fellow fellow countrymen as well. Grabo has been a big fan, so it's funny uh, when it when it finally started to stick with Calgary. I got the "See, I Told You So" uh, text from Grabo, and you're right, Sheringovich looks real good. Uh, a real final, a quick final thought on on Calgary with this one. Uh, what's the expectation for Andre Kuzmenko here? I mean, we mentioned you know the the project with Igor Sheringovich, and that has worked out. Is it similar with Andre Kuzmenko? Although he has had I the th- success previous, we should
0: mention. I think so. I think. I think just like refine your game uh this is a fresh start uh get back to what you were um look like the the flames had to convince him to wave right so they were obviously prepared yeah. for him they they sold him on it um you know it, it was funny like uh, like Kuzmenko doesn't speak a lot of English right so I think at times the flames really wondered are we getting through to him is this Is this working? Is he buying what we're selling? And uh, ultimately, he accepted the trade, so the answer was yes. But I I just think what you do is you say, hey, like, you're you're starting all over again. This is new. Just get your strengths, and we'll try to put you in. them. And, you know, we'll see what happens here with Kuzmenko. You know, Eric Francis kind of talked about how he could get flipped uh, somewhere. Um, You know, we'll see. But basically, you have a free look at this player. And uh, see if you get, like, as you said, they, they, it's a home for Sharon Govich. You know, you're probably hoping it's a home for Kuzmenko, yeah. too.
1: Okay, uh, quickly the Braden Pahal uh, claim off waivers by the Calgary Flames. What does this mean, Elliot?
0: Well, uh, first of all, credit to Ryan Pike, who, who pointed out that Pahal was at the uh, Flames development camp in 2018. So this is obviously a player who's been on the Flames radar for some time. Pahal uh, is, uh, yep. like, I've, li- you know, he hasn't played a ton, but I've liked what I've seen of him. There there definitely is potential there. Um But what it says is that, you know, A, this is a good player that we want to see, and B, we might have a need for this soon. Like, I think Calgary, you know, Calgary's in Boston right now. That's Noah Hannafin's home. I think they want to get an answer from Hannafin, are you staying or not, so we can sort this out. I mean, we're a month from the trade deadline. And B... I think it also is a sign about TANF. Now, um, you know, I think the Leafs are very serious about TANF. Uh, I think the biggest problem is they don't have a second-round pick for three years. I think that really complicates their chances here, but I think they're serious about it and I don't think they're the only ones. Um, you know, uh, I think there's a few teams in and around there and uh, I think the, the, I think TANF in particular would probably love it if this was over already. But um, sure, I, I think it's just an acknowledgement that there's going to be a lot around him, and at some point in time, both he and the Flames are going to have a decision to make.
1: Okay, uh, excellent stuff as always. Uh, enjoyable weekend. Loved watching the programming, as I mentioned on the podcast. Loved you and Ron talking to uh, Connor Bedard about his sticks. So thank you from this little equipment junkie corner here. That was much appreciated, Elliot. Well done. Uh, we'll talk to tomorrow. Pal. You. Be good. Enjoy the game tonight. All right. I know I enjoyed that please talk about P92s all over again that would be wonderful the old Joe Sackick pattern that Joe Sackick never used by the way shh